WDBM East Lansing. This is City Pulse on the Air. Joining you now, your Editor-in-Chief of the Lansing City Pulse, Burl Schwartz. Hello, this is Arts Editor Skylar Ashley filling in for City Pulse publisher Burl Schwartz, who's currently on a trip to Mexico. On today's edition of City Pulse on the Air, we're going to listen to my conversation with local hip-hop musician and educator Jose Moore. Moore is the founder of the All of the Above Hip Hop Academy, a local education program and nonprofit that helps guide and teach Lansing youth using the cornerstones of hip hop culture. Kids not only learn how to refine their rap skills, but they also receive instruction in dancing and several other forms of artistic expression. Moore and his team also act as mentors, imparting important life lessons they've picked up onto the children. So, Without further ado, let's listen to my conversation with Jose Moore. I wanted you to just tell me all about what inspired you to start it and uh, how this thing got going. Yeah, so um, I'm a musician by trade, a recording artist, um, longtime hip-hop you know, culture participant and activist um, for the culture. Um, I'm originally a transplant from Seattle, Washington, um, and moved to to Lansing back in 06 <clears throat> and uh you know even you know in first getting here I was kind of you know I just it didn't seem like the place I wanted to slow down and make a home and build my family and, and develop any deep roots you know um just from where I from because of where I was at at the time um and where my career was at at the time it just seemed like I needed to be in a in a larger city and that sort of thing um and so we didn't uh, you know, fast forward a few years past, and you know, I'm 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 slowing down. I'm having I'm having a family. Uh, I'm married now, and touring life is no longer really conducive to you know at least my personal values and 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 kind of what I wanted to do with my life as just you know outside of music, but just as a as a community person, a father, a husband, that sort of thing. So, um. Yeah, but you know, at that point in time, now I'm in Lansing. Um, I spent the majority of my life in the music industry as an independent hip hop artist, traveling and that sort of thing. Um, but also, uh, being from Seattle, kind of had like a, a different um, perspective on terms of how hip hop culture can kind of be. Um, I don't know how it could be an asset to the community. Um, not only, you know. Um, not only in the in the landscape, but 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 like with the culture, the people, you know, um, with um, you know the core core foundational elements of the culture, the breaking, the graffiti art, the DJing, the MCing, um, and then the knowledge piece, right? And so, um, as I'm transitioning from this like full time recording artist to you know being at home more and and and, and definitely wanting to. Um, you know, go ahead and, and make wherever I'm raising my family home, which at this point it did end up being Lansing, um, kind of looked at things a little differently in terms of what the city had to offer and, and who was here and what was here, the assets of the community. Um, and so it was kind of this perfect combination of where I was at personally in life and then kind of looking at the landscape, looking at, you know, uh, what I understood about the the music industry and the passion I have for community and youth development and and just you know my new story to always kind of been about liberation 
and, um, you know, community development and just development as, as people, um, you know, trying to move the needle. And so you tie all these things together, and I was like, you know, what would it look like to start developing um, some programming and some after-school uh, programs and, and, and workshops and whatnot that would we could I could pass along, I know, about the culture um, and an industry to the next generation, whom at that time I kind of, my philosophy was that they were just getting it wrong. You know, they didn't understand. They just, you know, they're doing it wrong. This is not how hip-hop is done, blah, 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 blah. Um, and come to find out, you know, um, that it, it, was, it was so much deeper than that, you know. Um, I had my own little kind of awakening into really being able to to hear what the youth were doing, appreciate what they're contributing to the culture, um, and then say, you know, in, in, on top of that, while we, um, you know, give youth a platform and really appreciate what they're bringing to the table, we as elders in the community could be providing some context and additional layers as to where the culture comes from, um, both, you know, um, on a large scale and even locally. So just start fine-tuning and putting together a program that would be one part, you know, historical preservation of the culture and advocacy for its forward motion and development, but also youth development, artist development, community development, you know, kind of this, 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 this broad intersection where hip-hop is kind of the nucleus, hip-hop culture and its true, you know, representation um, and uh, we, we just kind of provide a platform where all these things would happen, hence the name all of the above, you know what I mean? So You're listening to City Pulse on the air on Impact 89 FM. Let's return to my conversation with Jose Moore. So um, that's, uh, yeah. that's the vision of Slash Mission. How did you actually uh, put it together, um, getting the yeah, program yeah. going and getting the uh, kids involved? How, how did you uh, start it originally? And uh, it launched in 2010, correct? Yeah, yep, yep. Um, so, uh, let's see here. I'd already been pretty active in the community, so I think I think I was given some chances and opportunities based on, like, I guess maybe some, some social capital, you know? Like, I think if, when, when folks heard that I was going to be working with youth and passing along the tools, there was kind of like, I think there was an immediate, like a, an initial like response um, from folks who had just been fans of the music, but also found themselves as parents, found themselves as educators, found themselves as you know uh, community activists, whatever you know. It, so all of a sudden, what was being brought to the table had a different had a different ring to it. It was more than just going to shows. It was kind of like, oh, okay, now he's kind of working with youth, and I got used to it. <laughs> send my youth his way, you know. Um, but at the same time, I had, I had, because of the, the the time spent in the community, I had, I had built with a lot of really great individuals, namely jo- uh, James Garden, who who you talked to, um, Serene Poems, SB. I mean, just our whole AOTA creative family. Um, um, the majority of them have been around since that time and have come into the crew, you know, throughout the last decade or so. Um, but it was all, you know, kind of the assembling of assets in hip hop culture and community that um, I had been, you know, rubbing shoulders with and building with, collaborating with just in the local nightlife scene and in the local hip hop scene. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, I think our first opportunity we ever got, um, I think I was speaking at a panel for uh, 
uh, economic development. This is back in like, oh, 2010, I think, or 2011, potentially. And um, John Dooley, who is a um, guy, he's OG, civic engagement, you know, guru. <laughs> I think he's like 100 years old now. He's still alive. You know, marched with Dr. King, um, a huge advocate, civil rights, um, you know, um, ally. Um, but, you know, he heard, he was he was actually in the room as I was talking about this vision I had for working with youth and uh, through and mentoring through hip-hop culture. He was like, hey, I uh, founded and established um, uh, an apartment complex over on the east side, just just on the on the border of East Lansing, Edgewood Village. He said, um, "What's unique about this space is um, is is that it's you know it's 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 a housing development geared to um, you know really empowering um, its its uh, you know its tenants you know um, and uh, that's from the youth from from from." you know, uh, infancy on up, you know, so folks who live in there have access to a variety of programs um, and just a whole bunch of resources. And he just had such a vision um, for that place to be a, um, a real beacon and, uh, and a, a solid um, asset to to the community and, and, and building equity um, into families and, and folks' lives. And so he's like, hey, I would love to have you guys here for a summer program. Would you be interested? And that, that was kind of our shot, you know. And we came in, you know, beat-making classes, rhyme-writing classes, graffiti classes, breaking classes, and, every, you know, a few times a week throughout the summer, um, initially, I think, 2010 to 2011. Um, we we just started working out the kinks and figuring out what we were doing, you know. <laughs> uh, those, you know. Um... Do you know the same type of classes you offer today? How how did you uh, select which classes to teach the kids? Mm-hmm. Um, so one part interest and one part like mission. So just for the record, our actual mission statement is to um, to mentor youth, support artistic expression, and to serve the community as a hip hop cultural resource for the purpose mm-hmm. of of building leaders. Um, and so initially <clears throat> we were kind of doing everything at once. It was it was all four elements of hip hop culture tied in with the fifth element being knowledge. So you have breaking, graffiti art, DJing, MCing, and then the fifth element being knowledge. And so we were like, hey, we're bringing all of it to the table. Um and you know, over the over the years we have not we haven't shifted from making that our primary focus, but we wanna go where the interests are, you know. Um, so if kids are more interested in making beats than DJing, then cool. We'll, we'll, making beats is kind of a natural adaptation to DJing, and it all fits within the realm. And so we had beat-making classes and rhyme-writing classes, and we do some DJ classes as well. Graffiti art was kind of tricky because it was one of those things where, you know, how do you how do you really teach and, and share the culture without you know, without it being a liability because part of it is <laughs> illegal activity, you know what I mean? It's like, huh. you know, going out and bombing trains and, and all of that, you know, it's part of it. Um, so we just kind of scaled back from, we, I mean, we had I mean, we shifted into a graffiti one-on-one class where we were just teaching kids how to, like, bend letters and kind of the, the philosophies behind graffiti art. Um, 
You're listening to City Pulse on the air on Impact 89 FM. Let's return to my conversation with Jose Moore. You know, but again, having to remind them that, you know, you don't you don't write on stuff that's not yours. You know what I mean? So um, we kind of shifted more towards focusing on the music aspect and the dance aspect of hip hop culture. So we have breaking classes that actually happen right now as we speak virtually. Um, we have beat making and rhyme writing classes that happen simultaneously kind of as a, as a uh, collaborative um, course. Um, it's called BARS, Beat and Rhyme Sessions, the acronym B-A-R-S, Beats and Rhyme Sessions. And um, those happen uh, currently, and those are all informed from, from, those, from those early days as well. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, we, we, still, we still do things somewhat similar to as we were doing in the beginning. Obviously, we've fine-tuned our approach. <laughs> um, we're no longer trying to indoctrinate kids into believing that, they got, <laughs> you know, that they're getting it wrong. We've actually shifted to really celebrating what they do and really taking that model of, of, of you know, here's some historical context to help build off, build off of while we, you know, cheer you on for what you're bringing to the table, you know. What is it about um, hip-hop culture specifically that you think is uh, valuable for the youth to learn about? Um, I think hip-hop, so in my travels, I've been able to experience hip-hop culture just globally, you know, and in every city, every country, every village, every 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 place I go, it's there, you know, every place I've been, it's there. But it has its own flavor. So you provide the context, and, and what, I, what I've kind of – what I found out is that hip hop culture has the capacity to translate pressure into something productive, right? Like it literally takes, you know, it, it, it's like making diamonds in a way, you know? So the pressure faced in Belgium, youth in Belgium, the pressure is faced in, you know, um, Mogadishu, the pressures faced in Osaka, Japan, the pressures faced in, you know, Rio de Janeiro, the pressures faced in Mexico City, the pressures faced all, you know, um, hip-hop, once it started becoming global, folks gravitated to it because it literally, um, the, the, the attitude, the, the, um, the cultural pieces just lent themselves to providing a platform and a and a voice to folks who otherwise felt somewhat voiceless, right? And, you know, the sport of it all. So it's one part, one part to me, like the various different elements of hip-hop culture provide or lend themselves as, as almost sport and practice, uh, but also discipline and uh, creative outlets and, you know, the articulation of people's personal narratives, you know what I'm saying, while putting rhymes together, while learning how to perform um, complicated breaking moves, while learning how to, you know, uh, paint with aerosol cans and, 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 and create masterpieces, you know what I mean, while learning how to mix and blend music and make beats out of old music and, you know, software and old samplers and stuff. It's like all of a sudden there's these techniques and kind of practices and processes that go into every element of hip-hop culture that tap into, um, you know, a, a deeper place um, with, with folks who participate in it, you know. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really the, the, the voice of a generation, um, and it, it's, it's amazing to be able to see how it, how it develops and how it grows and how it's interpreted 
um, across the world and also, you know, to know its humble origins of, of the South Bronx, New York City, you know, 70s post-civil rights, you know, and how it spread. So I think I think hip-hop provides an intersection to connect with us deep deep to our humanity, and it provides an opportunity for folks who otherwise feel um, like they might not have a voice to find their voice and, and turn it up, you know, turn it up loud. <laughs> so, yeah. What kind of, uh, you know, now that you've been doing this for uh, several years now, Mm-hmm. What kind of feedback have you gotten from uh, kids or their parents that have participated? Oh man! So um, I'll give you one story. So we and this is not this is a, this isn't a rare occasion for us to get a parent who says, "Hey, we're so glad you guys are here. My youth has had a hard time connecting in school. Has been bullied. Has but is." creative and talented sports really wasn't working for them but they love music and they love beats and they love this they love these different pieces that are part of hip-hop but you know there was no club at school these parts you know no clubs at school for beat making classes and breaking and you know or djing but that's what they're most interested in they want to learn so fact so it's whereas we don't you know we're not serving you know, thousands of kids with our programming, you know, um, we're serving those kids who otherwise have, might have found it hard to connect in other um, extracurricular activities. And we've had parents come and say, like, literally what you guys do is a, is a lifeline for our family because we were, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know where to go and how to get our youth connected to something that was uh both it's esteemed them as individuals, challenged them as artists, and connected with them um, in something that they're they're interested in, you know. So uh, that's the kind of feedback we get, you know, and I think adding the piece of, you know, really, really wanting to connect to um, the the cultural legacy of hip-hop as well. There's, it becomes more than just an exchange of, Here's how to break. Here's how to paint. Here's how to write rhymes. Here's how to make beats. It becomes more or less. Um, here is the culture. You're a part of it. Contribute to it. Here's our community. You're welcome. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, how has the uh, pandemic affected things? Uh, what, what was the past year? How, how is it uh, going in recent times? Yeah, in the beginning of the pandemic, pandemic it was heavy because a lot of what we do. I mean, I think I think at the core of what we do is is community building, you know, um, and you know, thinking about community uh, existing in in virtual spaces um, was just a different concept. You know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, I know people be on like Facebook and Instagram, IG, these different places, building community and whatnot. Um, but thinking about what we do in the context of virtual spaces, we just had to kind of, and, and this is the thing, I'll say this, hip-hop is like, I mean, <laughs> so much of what I know has been developed even in my experience in hip-hop, my perspectives, I guess, you know, entrepreneurial attitudes, the resilience, that kind of the, the flexibility, just being able to pivot and off the cuff come up with something out of nothing or just see, you know, I guess in the art of freestyle and even like you just, you kind of like you see everything and you put it all together kind of on the spot. You know, obviously as a nonprofit organization, we have a board of directors and some pretty brilliant minds to help. So we're not just thinking on the fly all the time, but there's always a space 
for trying to... Um, You're listening to City Pulse on the air on Impact 89 FM. Let's return to my conversation with Jose Moore. You know, just to, to make, a, make a pivot, make a move in the, in, the, in the midst of it all and to come up with something brilliant. So um, a lot of the times with, um, you know, in, so in the music industry with beat makers and rhyme writers and producers and songwriters, a lot of that stuff happens virtually anyway, right? So they're sharing files. Artists are able to collaborate across, you know, um, across the world via the net, via things like WeTransfer or Zoom meetings and, um, you know, file sharing, Dropboxes and, and that sort of thing. So what we've done is we've we kind of pivoted our classes that we would typically meet at in person. Uh, and we have a space there at the Public Media Center uh, where we where we typically do classes. Um, but we, we transitioned into, you know, this virtual platform utilizing Zoom links and whatnot and Google Classroom, but just making the core of that just really, really, really focusing on the, the collaborative aspect of, of doing things virtually. Um, and I think early on in the, in the pandemic, uh, you know, we found out that the time that we were spending together with our youth, it was like maybe 20, you know, maybe 50%, you know, working on music, but then the other 50% just being a support to each other. Cause a lot of our kids were, were on the verge of graduating. The future wasn't looking so bright, you know, um, they're trying to roll into college classes, classes that were going to be virtual. And, uh, and so we were really a support to each other, um, a support to our youth as the world was kind of shifting and changing and, in, in, uh, in the midst of all the uncertainty, you know what I mean? Um, so, all that to say, we pivoted into um, you know the virtual space, and it's been pretty pretty successful. I think folks are still wanting to connect. Folks are still wanting to grow and develop, and to have uh, you know to eliminate some of those accessibility issues too. Where it's like, hey, you just you know, um, as long as you have the device, we work we work to make sure folks have what they need um, to participate, but. They all were able to link, they log on, we connect, we build for about 30, 45 minutes, and then, you know, do it again the next day or a couple of days after. Um, in terms of the sustainability of the organization in the beginning, um, things looked hairy because, you know, funding priorities kind of shifted to immediate, um, you know, uh, folks who were doing some frontline work as it pertained to, you know, the medical world and, um, and COVID relief, you know, um, it was funny because, you know, we were just kind of, we were already, coded, you know, and so we were, it felt like we were unscathed for a minute because we made such a strong pivot and our, and our classes are, aren't fee-based anyway. We rely on grants and, and, and we have a great, you know, uh, donor base of solid folks who, who contribute to our work of what we do as a nonprofit organization. Um, so they kept us afloat, honestly. Um, and then halfway through um, the summer, it felt like funding funding priorities kind of shifted as like civil unrest started to take place, and um, folks started calling into question, you know, uh, where assets are going in terms of preventative work and, and really supporting um, communities of color and building equity into communities of color where we're not explicitly or you know one you know, only working with a certain demographic, which reality is we we work in communities of color a lot, primarily, you know. And so 
when folks started thinking like, well, how do we leverage resources to build equity into our communities? Who's out here doing the frontline work? Not not at a, on, a, on a medical level, but in a in a social, emotional, um, youth community development level. You know, who's doing that work? And we were on the radars of some folks, and they came through at the end of the year with some with some sizable contributions and donations that really like. I don't know if the pandemic would have <laughs> would have exasperated the um you know the the need in people's minds um for what we do in the way that we do it um as as a real necessity to to uh building into our community with our with our youth with youth that typically fall through the cracks because they may not be interested in the vote in the in the opportunities there at school or might you know might not find themselves playing baseball, football, basketball, and whatnot, but you know want to be a part of the arts and, and want to be part of hip hop, but don't know where to go to look for it. So, who are some of the uh, hip hop musicians or um, artists that inspire um, the teaching at all of the above? Who are some of the uh, hip hop legends that are ah. important to the school? <clears throat> um, you know, it was cool. Uh, Rock him. Um, Rock Kim actually came to Lansing last year, and our organization got to got to perform um, at least the the because so the practitioners, the teachers, and the instructors in our in our in our for our classes are all working artists. They're all like actual artists in the community. So you know they reached out to us and said, "Hey, Rock Kim's coming to town. We're fans of all of y'all individually, but collectively, would you like to have a presence as an organization?" So we opened up our kids. We were able to get tickets for our kids. Um, to to get in and see a living legend, uh, Raquel, um, you know. So yeah, we we teach we teach a lot of you know philosophy and perspective from folks like you know Chuck D, um, Raquel, KRS One. Um, you know, we study we study flows and, and patterns and styles of folks like Big Daddy Kane, you know, um, Bismarck you know, um, it's just really a lot of the greats, um, you know, going all the way back to the Treacherous Three, uh, Busy Beat, Starsky, and then, you know, just you name it, Cool Herc, Grandmaster Flash, all of that. I mean, we, we that's our foundation. But we also celebrate your J. Coles and your Kendricks. And we also celebrate your, you know, um, you know your big crits. And, um, You're listening to City Pulse on the air on Impact 89 FM. Let's return to my conversation with Jose Moore. You know, your, ch- your chance to rappers and you, you know, your, your young thugs and these things, you know what I'm saying? So we, we kind of like, it's all over, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we appreciate the forward motion of the culture, but we also really, really make it a point to respect the architects too, because without them, we wouldn't be here. And so, um, but there's a lot of lessons. We're not reinventing the wheel, a lot of the stuff that, that has happened um, early on that I think even in hip hop culture, there's such a, there's such a tendency to dismiss the, the, the older generation. And it's not like that for other genres of music all the time. Rock and roll doesn't really dismiss the classics. Uh, but hip hop has always been the youth. It's always been some type of youth, but the things that the youth of the seventies and eighties and nineties are now elders and they're still part of the culture. So it's relative, it's a young culture. It's only 40 some odd years old, 45, 46 years old. And so like, we've been growing up with the culture and learning how to implement, utilize the elders in the culture and not just discard them while celebrating our youth. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. We just, 
we use all the classics. We use all the classics, but also a lot of the modern stuff, too. Somebody is, uh, they've got a child, they're a young kid themselves, and mm-hmm. they sign up to uh, participate in all of the mm-hmm. above. Uh, what can they expect? Yeah, um, so I guess across the board, you can expect to learn from some um, some qualified, competent, and incredibly gifted instructors um, who are not only teaching but are participants and active in the culture. So if you want to learn to break, you'll be learning to break with, um, you know, um, breakers in the community or um, that that are actually still battling, you know. Um, in fact, uh, one of the instructors, one of the co-facilitators of the breaking classes is my son, um, my oldest son who's been breaking for seven or eight years now. He's 12, but he's, he started early. And uh, so he's working along with his mentor to, to teach classes. And that's kind of the philosophy is each one teach one, a mentality where, you know, you bring kids in, you you show them the ropes. They show you some ropes. It's just exchange, almost you know, uh, uh, pedagogy of of learning, um, and experiencing learning together. Um, and then as they go, you know, the goal is to make them mentors, to make the youth teachers as well, you know, so as to replace us eventually. So um, if you enter into our classes, you'd be getting a cultural experience. You know, you wouldn't be learning how to, although you would. But it would you, it would be really rooted in, a, in in developing some foundational knowledge and some depth to um, to what you're learning in terms of a hip hop historical um, perspective. Um, you would be entering into a community that's that's growing and and, um, and making noise and, and doing a lot of good in the community. Um, yeah, it's almost like family, essentially. You know, hip hop hip hop family really. Um, yeah, and, and you would learn, you'd be developing and building your skills. So in our, in our, in our bars classes, our beats and rhymes classes, you'd be learning from James Garden as an MC, as an educator, as a recording artist and, and brilliant talent. Um, you'd be learning from Young Heat, who is an incredible producer, uh, amazing teacher, um, and a heavy hitter as well. So you'd be yeah, studying under and being mentored by people who, who know what they're doing and, and have a passion to teach. Um, so you get quality. You definitely get quality. And that does it for us here at City Pulse on the Air. To learn more about Ose Moore and the All of the Above Hip Hop Academy, visit alloftheabovehiphop.org. Tune in next Sunday at 10 a.m. for a brand new show. This is Skylar Ashley signing off.